Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your favorite news source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy. I am here, as always, with my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Doing good. Already lamenting some of my fantasy football choices this week, but that's that's okay. Shouldn't you have gotten used to that by now? <laughs> you would think so, seeing as I've never won a league. You feel like the expectations shouldn't be that high at this point. <laughs> Oh, My yes. teams, on the other hand, they're uh, they're doing okay. They're not doing that bad. I I feel I feel okay about this year, except for one or two picks, three except or four picks, two. three or four or five or six picks. Mike Williams, I'm riding the Mike Williams ro- roller coaster right now. He yeah, was great yeah. tonight, Thursday night, as, as we're recording tonight on Thursday night. That was a better uh, ride than uh, than the juju. Yes, tonight at least. But tonight, you know, Mike right. Williams is is a roller coaster for a reason. But anyway, you guys are not here to hear about our fantasy <laughs> exploits. I sure hope not. You guys are here because it is officially Bears week. It is week two. We will be playing the Bears on Sunday night football. And we are here to break down the what we think we need to watch for in that game and how the matchup is going to go, we think. Um, but yeah, Dan, you ready to just jump right into it? I'm gonna start Let's re- just jump right about in. The, so yeah, sounds start with good. the uh, injury yeah. report. Sounds good. Like we do every week. Every week on Thursday, we will be starting with the injury report. And if you like what you hear uh, on this podcast, we just do a couple quick pitches. We're also on YouTube. You can check us out. Please subscribe, Father Son uh, Packers Podcast. And we're also on Twitter, at Father Son Packer on Twitter. Please uh, hit us with a follow. Hit us with a subscribe. Get our numbers up. Because why not, you know? Um, But anyway, yes, let's start with the injury report. And let's start with the Packers side of the injury report. On Thursday, we had three DNPs, did not practice. David Bakhtiari, uh, Mercedes Lewis for vet rest, and John Runyon, still in concussion protocol. We're hoping that Bakhtiari's was just a day off, but with him, you know, it's going to be mysterious until it's not. Yeah, though the floor said it was a planned, I think, rest and not a setback. Yeah. But, I I mean, I don't know if I believe it. That's (laughs) all I can say. that's That's what he said. And it's I like I said I think it's just going to be a mystery until he's back on there for There's multiple games in a row. There's been a lot of you know remote not video setbacks, quote unquote um, medical non experts analyzing oh, the limp yes Bakhtiari's walk yes uh, dear, l- yes listeners if you hadn't seen this there are a couple tweets uh, some videos of Bakhtiari at practice kind of limping around doesn't look great but you know linemen kind of always do kind of walk with a limp. It's kind of, I feel like, a standard way of being, or maybe I'm just being an optimist. The Packers also had two limited participants. Elton Jenkins was limited on Thursday, and Alan Lazard was limited on Thursday. Um, I think Jenkins is probably a lot closer than Bakhtiari to plan. I think he's still probably a week off, though. Did that Ryan Wood tweet from last week include Elton? Yes, as it was Elton not playing? and Bakhtiari yeah. that Ryan Wood tweeted were unlikely to play this week as well as last week. Yeah, so I wouldn't hold out hope for him, but Lazard has been looking pretty good in, in the videos we've seen of, of the His movement looks great. Yeah. I mean his his making sharp cuts in the you know, the, the the brief sort of, you know, helmets and shorts, uh or maybe even full pads videos I've seen from this week of him making cuts and uh and accelerating look look fine. Actually. Yeah, and if He's you get, uh, go. guys, the listeners want to check out um, some of those videos, I know Matt Schneidman has some videos of Lazard cutting on just on air, just running some routes, and he does look pretty good. Um, the only reason I'd be tentative to say he's not like, or tentative to say he is playing this week is because last week he said essentially that he would have to pray to play last week. So who knows? Like he was so far off from playing last week, I don't know how close he can be in a week's time. But maybe his prayers are being answered. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, can you pray for Bakhtiari also, please? <laughs> um, and then we've had three full participants who are fully back to practice. Jake Hansen, Keyshawn Nixon, and Quay Walker. Hansen was never really that much in doubt, but it is nice to see Nixon and Walker, who both left the game on uh, Sunday with shoulder injuries, be back so quickly. It does seem like they're going yeah. to play, which is and they've been, great. They've because... been full participants all week, so yeah, that's, and that's, that's that looks like good news. That's pretty big, um, and because, you know, <laughs> Defense wasn't great last week, but they're going to need all their starters to to be good this week. Um, on the Bears' side, going over to that side, they have had two DNPs on Thursday. Uh, Blasting game and Velas Jones, which is uh, one of the running backs and uh, their wide receiver first round uh, – or sorry, not first no. round. First year player. Right. Um, rookie wide receiver. Rookie Rose wide Jones. receiver. Speedster, uh, and punter I don't, of, Yeah. I don't Honestly, remember. 
He looks pretty good, like returning punts and kicks in the preseason. So I'm, it'd be. I, I feel like he was an excellent returner in college. I, I actually, feel like I was. Been, I was mock drafting him a lot in the fourth and fifth round. Yeah, he gets Packers. and he gets mocked a bit because he's 25 years old as a rookie, so he's kind he's of an, an older rookie. rookie. Um, but it would have been an interesting test for the Packers special teams to have to go against a returner like that. But yeah. you know, we'll see. Um, the fact that he was downgraded from Wednesday to Thursday, I think, is does not seem like well he's for him to probably play. He was limited on Wednesday play, and yeah. then a DNP Thursday. Yeah, that's the that's the type of trend that usually indicates the player's not going to play. And then they have upgraded Riley Reef, uh, one of their starting O-linemen, to a full participant um, on Thursday. So it sounds like he's going to play. So their O-line is going to be mostly intact, which is nice. And that is the extent of the Bears' injury report. Fairly short injury report for them. Um, some quick additional news from Packers land. Just uh, throw this in there. Chris Barnes, uh, although we did get good news on his injury, um, that it seems like a high ankle sprain, he was still put on IR. And Caleb Jones, the big offensive tackle rookie uh, who played really well in the preseason, was moved up to the 53, presumably because someone else was probably going to sign him. And then That's they been did the sign. speculations. They're afraid they're going to lose him. And Barnes, yeah, I should and... say, the good news on him is that. It, he's not gone for the year. Not season ending. Yeah, he's not gone for the year. He should be back some point later in the year. And it seems like they want to use him because they were running some three linebacker sets out there. Some four they three did. stuff. Well, that's something that maybe we could talk about. The, I how, I how well that three linebacker set was working. I mean, they didn't run it that much. Small sample size. I wanted them yeah. to run some more four three going into the year because they have good, three good linebackers and a lot of good down linemen. But anyway. And they also signed uh, rookie safety Mike Brown from Miami of Ohio to the practice squad in Caleb Jones's place. So those three transactions happened since our last recording on Sunday. Just a reminder that we do do post-game podcasts every Sunday night as well. So you can catch us on Sunday night after the Bears game, hopefully recapping a win. But anyway, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of our game preview. And we're going to start with a brief little segment we like to call Previously On where we talk about what each team was up to in the previous week. Uh, we've already talked a bit about the Packers. You can check out our post-game pod from last Sunday on any streaming pla- any podcast streaming platform of your choice. But essentially, I think we can both agree that the Packers lost because of terrible offensive line play, bad defensive communication, and overall poor energy. That's at least my three takeaways from what happened to the Packers last I week. I would say those are the sort of the biggest uh, um, factors. I mean... Not that many people had a good, what you would call a good game for no. the Packers. Maybe three. Dylan, Jones, Kenny. Kenny. Dylan, yeah. Jones, and Kenny, I think, are the only people that really had decent games. And, I mean, Dobbs was okay. But yeah. D- Dylan, Jones, and Kenny were the only ones with good games. But, I, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much a nice, tight summary of the Packers last week. So let's talk about previously on the Chicago Bears and what they've been up to. Dad, do you want to lead us off with this one? So I'll start out that they, I think, shocked, they shocked the NFL me. world that they, they beat the Niners. I don't think anybody really gave them a chance. But, of no. course, the game was played in a downpour. Just An absolute monsoon, especially by the fourth like, quarter. First three quarters, it was, like, raining, but it wasn't that. The fourth quarter, they you couldn't even see the field because the camera was covered in water so it's a little hard so you don't expect that result to be very predictive of what their real ability is going to be i mean both quarterbacks complained about being able to grip the ball so like the passing game was kind of off yeah and i mean the the, niners were six and a half point favorites on the road so it it was a pretty sizable upset for the Bears. and they started as looking like they were just gonna stop because the first the niners first possession they just marched down the field and it looked like they were cruising, and then Debo Samuel fumbles the ball, mm-hmm. and then everything got kind of weird after that. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the the Bears only completed eight out of seventeen passes, and the Niners only completed thirteen out of twenty eight. It was so an pa- ugly, so ugly game. It is one of those games that passing. it was one of those games that you forget it happened because it wasn't on red zone because no one was in the red zone, <laughs> and uh, you know uh, David Montgomery, the running back, was their leading pass catcher with. Four catches, yeah. And, though, and, and, and his, but his running was only, um, I think he only had one point five yards per carry. I mean, that whole game was such a slop fest. But though uh, Khalil Herbert was, I heard he looked better than most people have said he looked carry. better than Montgomery. 
And he, he ran the ball much better than Montgomery. Yeah, he's and he's so a solid player. I liked him coming out of Virginia is, Tech a lot. As Equinemius St. Brown, their second best receiver, former Packer EQ, is he the Bears' second best receiver? Wide receiver, that is. Yeah, and I mean, possibly he was not one of their best performers, but we'll get in, we'll get into that uh, later. But it does look like the the Bears' defense was able to get after Trey Lance a little bit, so that's something to keep an eye on because the Packers' O line has struggled. Um, they both were team, able to both get both teams got two sacks. Both teams got two sacks. Yep. So it's kind of maybe maybe we're in for more of the same with poor O line playing good. Hopefully, yeah. part for the and Packers, I, good D line play. Say, you know exactly what's going on with it because I I would say that you know like a really wet poor traction game, bending around the edge would be difficult. Anchoring would also be difficult and, though. And anchoring would also so it's it, it, I feel like sure it's just kind of six and one half dozen who in the other. It favors when it's a mess like that. Yep. But the but, Bears' run defense wasn't very good in those no, conditions. No, it was they not. They gave up 4.8 yards per carry, and they themselves were only able to get 2.7 yards per carry. Yeah, and that kind of ties into um, – it kind of parallels what the PFF grades were for this game. We just have a, a brief thing from PFF um, about, about their best and worst players from the game, just to keep an eye, just to keep an eye on for this game. Um, obviously, with PFF, the grades are kind of wonky sometimes, but – they can be a good data point, at least, to go off of sometimes. Um, but it kind of does parallel the fact that their three worst performers on defense were Roquan Smith, which I know is probably a bit of a anomaly, seeing as he is normally one of their best players. And then Angelo Blackson and Justin Jones, who are both D-tackles. It seems that whole middle of the line, and, I mean, you can say, were they graded poorly because they were giving up this much, or did they give up this much because they graded poorly? I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. They didn't play very well, and so your hope that that's something that the Packers can take advantage of as well, running Dylan and Jones up the middle a little bit and seeing if that poor play carries over from week one to week two for the uh, against the Packers. Yep. In terms then, of other – sorry, we were going to say something. No, go ahead, go ahead. You, I was going to say, in terms of other poor performers, Fields did not have a very good game. He was one of their worst performers per PFF, although he did have an excellent rushing grade. Um, but he had a uh, 65.8, uh, but he did have a pretty poor passing grade, but so did Lance, but he had a little bit worse than Lance. Um, yeah, and I looked over some of those passes from Fields. I mean, he mm-hmm. found a couple of wide-open um, receivers on some yeah, plays. Yeah, the, the, the one to the touchdown to, um, what is his name? The guy who got drafted by the Niners in the second round. Uh, oh, I'm um, uh... blanking on his freaking name. Yeah. Um, I'll if I think of it I'll say it, uh, but he was wide open. He was just a broken play, and the guy was not covered because Hufanga came up a little too much. Yeah, but then Fields on his interception, I think he basically just misread the defense and did not see the linebacker waiting mm. there on the crossing route and just basically threw it where it was an easy pick. It was Dante Pettis, by the way. I Dante I Pettis totally I knew it started with a P and I could not get I it. I was thinking too, but I could get the name Pringle out of my head. And well, that's a good segue <laughs> because for the Packer for the Bears' best performers. Um, their best performer was Byron Pringle on offense, who I know you were talking about EQ as their second best receiver, but Pringle had the better game overall. Um, and then Tevin Jenkins and Larry Boron, um, both also had very good games. So their O line, um, actually had a pretty solid game grading wise. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on, I think. Um, and then. You know, Byron Pringle is another receiver who had some decent run with the Chiefs. Um, and, I mean, he didn't have a great game against the Niners. He actually only ended up having, like, a catch for 22 yards. Um, so, really, not a whole lot of stats, but I guess they thought he was running decent routes out there. Um, so, not, not it wasn't a very prolific offensive game for anyone. So, you know. No, it's, it's Yeah, it's really hard to get any kind of... Yeah. But on feel for de- counting stats or anything from this game. Yeah. On defense, their best player, though, was this rookie, Dominique Robinson, who was giving Mike McGlinchey the business on the right side of the line. And hopefully that is not a precursor or a window into our future. Yeah, something we can we'll revisit. Yeah. And then there are other, um, some other poor performers. Montgomery didn't have a great game for them. And some other good performers. Jalen Johnson, their corner, had a nice game. And Eddie Jackson, their um, safety who had the pick uh, versus Trey Lance. That yeah, I really wonder if that's ended the, the game. Uh, the, kind of the driving force on. I, know, I think that PFF gives a lot of 
I mean, it was the most important play of the game, to be fair. And he made he made a nice read of the ball. He uh, though Lance, I think, is did just not staring see him. down his receiver. Yeah, I didn't right? see him at all. Play. He's staring down his receiver, and Eddie Jackson sees it and just cuts in front for the for the ball. But yeah, so that's kind of previously on the Bears are ahead of the Packers in the standings. Um, <laughs> Man. They are second in the NFC North right now, and the Packers are last in the NFC North right now because they have an zero and one in division. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So that's our previously on our next segment that we're going to do is called blast from the past, where we take a look at kind of how the Packers, at least under Matt LaFleur have fared against this team in the past and against, um, people from this people from this team specifically in the past, um, under Matt LaFleur, the Packers have not lost to the bears. They are six and O with an average, uh, margin of victory of 12 and a half points. Uh, Rogers under LaFleur has a versus the Bears has 122.2 passer rating, about 232 yards per game, 68% completion percentage, 2.7 touchdowns per game, and has not yet, knock on wood, thrown a pick against the Bears under Matt LaFleur. And let's not forget, he has had ownership, as he's yes. stated, of the Bears under LaFleur. He, he has ownership. <laughs> he lives rent free in Bears fans' heads. You love to That's see for it. Sure. Yes. Um, but that anything about oh and also uh, I think this is actually probably the most important thing uh, for Lafleur under the un, uh, against the Bears uh, under Lafleur is that the Packers have averaged about 113 and a half yards on the ground at 4.3 yards per carry and a touchdown a game and I think they're gonna need a little more than that to beat the Bears this time around with a kind of depleted passing game but I think that's uh, those are some important statistics to keep an eye on. Yeah, and the Bears during this time have only scored more than 20 points twice in those six games. What do you know? The Bears still suck. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, so that's the Packers against the Bears under LaFleur. But I think an important thing to notice, though, is that this is not really the same Bears that the Packers have been playing the last three years. They have a lot of turnover. And I think specifically something that would be a bit of a nice blast from the past to take a look at is their new head co- head coach is Matt Eberflus, who was previously the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts, who had a very nice defense for several years. Uh, was very aggressive. Um, had Shaquille Leonard right there in the middle, um, having a really nice uh, series of years under him. And so I thought it would be nice to take a look at how the Packers under LaFleur had done against the Colts um, with Matt Eberflus to maybe get a little bit of some analysis there on how maybe that might carry over um, under LaFleur against the Colts. They have only played one time in November of 2020 and they lost 34 to 31. You may remember this game because the key player of the game was MVS having a really crucial fumble um, on a like short outside pass uh, right near the end of the game that kind of, kind of pretty much ended the game for the Packers. Yeah. And MVS um, got a lot of flack for that, but he did act, not actually fumble the ball very often. It was no, he did not. That that was, I mean, it happens. It's a tough break. But um, in that game, uh, the Packers did put up 31 points, but they did struggle to run the ball against this Matt Eberflus defense, which is something to keep an eye on Sunday. They only had 66 yards on 3.7 yards per attempt. Now, to be fair, Aaron Jones had 4.1 yards per attempt. Dylan was not playing at this time. Um, But I think it is interesting that the Matt Eberflus-led defense was able to kind of stymie the Packers' rushing attack a bit. And you wonder if, will the Packers have success on the ground against the Bears like they had in the past because the personnel is not as good? Or do you think the Matt Matt Eberflus scheme is going to be able to slow them down a little bit? Dad, what do you you think? Which of these sides of the spectrum do you think we're going to land on? Um, I, it's a little bit hard to take from that first game, but I suspect that the uh, the Packers are going to be able to run the ball. Um, I hope so. I think without uh, Shaq Leonard in the center of that D, still got or, st- Bear still got Roquan Smith though. He's not as good as as uh, no, he's Shaquille not. Leonard. I don't. He's think very so. good, but he's not as good. And they also don't have DeForest Buckner. Yeah, and and Akeem Hicks is not was, there anymore. Who was uh, right? And so at that you know that time, I think De, yeah, DeForest Buckner was already on yes they traded him after they'd the already NFC traded championship game the, the, or after the Super Bowl. his last so. year in san francisco he was art so that that colts defense was actually really good that year yeah 
They was were. interesting is that and the Packers did still throw. They still threw the the air out of the ball. They threw for three hundred and one yards and three touchdowns. They did have Rodgers did have one pick, but that's a pretty nice stat line in the air. Yeah, this was actually the Packers. I was looking at the last regular season loss that year. Yeah, um, in that in that twenty twenty year. Yeah, yeah, that was a waste of a year. That was that that felt like the year. Now, nah, well, but anyway, that's kind of our blast from the past. A bit of a summary on how some previous things we think might be impactful going into this game. Some news, some small stats and details that we think are kind of nice little reference points to go off of. Nice little jumping off points. I do personally agree with you, Dad. That I think, I do think they'll be able to run the ball. I think they'll be able to run the ball up the middle. I worry a little about running outside. I think they're going to need to run outside to slow down the pass rush and help these tackles out. But it's just so tough to if we actually could just get one starting tackle back. I was going to say it's really tough to know how it's going to go with how murky the O line situation. If we could is. just get one starting tackle back. That makes such a difference to the whole, the whole rest of the O line. But anyway, well, we're we losing we're losing linemen about. before we before we're gaining them back. This but, is true. Like you but said, we we'd go on to talk about. Uh, we had a little bit more on uh, the the Bears to follow up. Yeah, with because we thought that this um, since the first time playing the Bears this year, and you guys kind of know narratively what's going on with the Packers. Um, we kind of wanted to give you a bit of a brush up on what's going on in Bears world. So we're going to kind of try and do this for each of our opponents on our lead in games. Just kind of a little summary of the what's going on with them, how their season's going. Um, what happened to them in the offseason, etc. Um, so for the Bears, my first note here is that the Bears still suck. I think that's written in pen and Sharpie and is on a stone commandment somewhere at the top of Mount Zion. Um, the Bears still suck. Uh, they actually do really suck this year. Um, they have lost a lot of mainstays from the last few years, to be fair. They lost Akeem Hicks, uh, Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, Danny Trevathan. Um, you know, Matt Nagy, that's a really tough loss right there. But, but like you said, they, they let a lot of people go. They fired their coaching staff. That was, it was just not working for them anymore. As sad as it is to see him go, Matt Nagy is no longer with the bears. Um, they did hire Matt, uh, Eberflus, um, the former defensive coordinator of the Colts to be their head coach, like we said before. And they hired away Luke Getze, our former quarterbacks coach to be their offensive coordinator. Um, so that's something interesting to keep an eye on. Um, I think the big thing that they're looking at this year, they are not trying to win. They did not really bolster their roster in the off season. They didn't really have the picks to anyways. I think the main thing they're looking at is whether or not the new coaching staff can make Justin Fields potential into like production, um, despite having some iffy pieces around them. Um, and just kind of try and they're trying to get a good draft pick this year. The win last week was kind of a nice little moment for them but i think overall it's going to be i think it's gonna be a tough year for the bears and that's kind of narratively what's going on very limited their offensive line is suspect they've lost a lot sounds kind of sounds kind of familiar (laughs) they've lost a lot of (laughs) but but they used to have you know a good defense that you could count on and they've lost a lot of the uh, um mainstays on that defense up front especially yeah, they still got some of the guys in the secondary running around, uh, like Jalen Johnson and um, Eddie Jackson. But, yeah, a lot of the front is gone. They still have Robert Quinn. They still have some good players. They still have Ray- Roquan Smith, even though they don't want to pay him for some reason. Who knows why? Right. Um, happy before the season started. And they, they, they still have some decent players we- back there. And and uh, what's his name? Uh, Jaquan Brisker, their rookie out of Penn State, had a really nice week one, apparently. Um, he was a second-round pick for them. And I think he's someone to keep an eye on for this game because he was um, – he was making plays out there, and he had a really nice preseason too. And uh, and the Bears have added a couple former, a couple other former Packers in addition to yes, uh, in addition Coach to Getzey, got uh, Equinemius St. Brown who had the TD last week, and yep, he had one of their touchdowns and, last week. And this week's honorary captain, uh, Lucas Patrick. Yeah, Lucas Patrick is an honorary captain for them this week. Uh, he's he's their starting center right now. He had a broken finger in camp, but I think he's back 100 percent now. Um, but yeah, some, some former Packers, uh, selling some trade secrets, so to speak. Right. But anyway, that's kind of what's going on in bears world. Just kind of a quick summary. And now we're going to kind of get down to our general thoughts on the game where we're kind of a little bit more free form. Um, just kind of how we feel about the game and ask any questions back and forth between each other. 
Um, so I think the first thing that we wanted to talk about is what about the Bears might present a tough matchup to the Packers? Um, do you want to start it off, Ted? So I'll start off with my thoughts. I think on uh, the Bears offense, I think one thing that the Packers defense to do is to worry about containing field scrambles. I mean, he had mm-hmm. yep some good runs against the Niners. The one where he's very uh, dynamic. The, the the right end is bearing down on him, and he dodges it and mm-hmm. runs for a twelve yard gain, which was a really nice quick move. And so I, I it's interesting to see how the Packers are going to play this. Are they going to have a spy? Which is one reason why it's nice that Quay Walker seems to be mm-hmm. getting ready to go, and so they'll have both of their um, rangy, fast inside linebackers. Isaiah McDuffie season, Dad. Isaiah McDuffie season. Come on now. He's still going to get a lot of snaps. <laughs> he probably Especially will, if yes. they go to the three linebacker set again. I wonder if they will with, without Chris Barnes. They won't have, anyway. But then they don't have an extra, so they might yeah. not. Um, so that's the one thing that the, the Packers should be looking for on the Packers defense. Is, yeah. You know, I think, anyway, and, is one of the tricks is that. And they've had trouble with this in the past. Even oh, yeah. Last year. They, Tyler Huntley murdered them. Running. And Huntley and uh, what is his name? Heineke for the. Yeah, Washington Heineke killed us. Commanders killed them with running. They couldn't contain running quarterbacks. <laughs> so I would that's something I think they really need to pay attention to. And then for the well, Bears I, defense. Can, if, I can, if I can just throw you, something in there sure. real quick. Um, I do think that, you know, last week the Packers playing a crap ton of zone kind of screwed them, especially because they didn't execute the zone very well. But yep. against a mobile quarterback – Zone is zone is the way to eyes, go because you're keeping forward. your eyes in the backfield and you're not yeah. turning your back to the play. And I think that the Packers being a base zone team will definitely help them in that respect. Yeah, that's a good point. That could make it easier to uh, rally to these scrambles. Yeah, but I so I think that's kind of my thoughts on that. And you know, just as a a bit of a like sprinkling in here. Justin Fields did only average about 200 yards passing for the against the Packers last year, one and a half touchdowns, one and a half picks. Um, and then I'm looking up his rushing stats really quick. He ran for almost 60 yards a contest, though, at almost about eight yards a carry. So they have not really contained him on the ground before. That's a lot better than that's than, that's better that's than I thought than it was even last week against the, the Niners in the rain. Yeah, he had yeah about sixty yards at seven uh seven point eight a carry. So, you know, I can say they play zone and it'll help, but it, it didn't help all that much last year. So it's that's going to be something that's they're going to need to keep an eye on because they do struggle with mobile quarterbacks. They have in the past. I'm hoping that with uh, that the um, addition more of quiet speed, yeah, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be able to chase them down sideline to sideline, and it'll be interesting if they have them have one of them spy on them. And then the other thing I'd say the Bears would you would you have would you have one of them designated like I guess just would you have a designated spy? Do you think? I think in a game like this where they have so few actual weapons, you need to worry about. I think you can afford to essentially take one of the linebackers out of other mm-hmm. responsibilities to watch fields. Yeah, because they don't. I mean, I guess Komet is a pretty is a decent player though. He had no catches last week. Darnell Mooney's a pretty good player too. Yeah, but I don't think they have enough where you yeah. need to have um, as much um, pass Fields is Fields is more dangerous than their weapon. Fields' legs are more dangerous than their weapons are, in my I opinion. I think so. Yeah. And I mean, the and uh, tying that in, sorry. Tying that in is the D-line has got to stay in their rush lanes. They got to yes. not be abandoning their rush lanes. That's a right. big thing for a the, little bit more the two-gapping, Fields rushing. Um, and not just... Trying to get a field as quickly as possible. Looking at you, Rashawn. <laughs> I love Gary, but he's—I know he's going to at least run past his his lane a couple times. But it is what it is. We'll take the the good with the bad there. Um, but uh, and then on the on, other side, if my yes. other my other thought of what what the Bears one thing to worry about is, uh, you know, keep an eye on Robert Quinn, who had mm-hmm. eighteen and a half sacks last year. Yeah, um, and, and I'm so they should have have an have an eye, and whether he's going to you know just line up right over Jake Hansen if Jake Hansen is on the field. I do think, and I could be wrong about this, I think he mostly lines up against the left tackle. Yeah, so I don't, I, I, you're right, I'm just making any uh, like wild conjecture tricks. I don't know what their tendencies are. I mean, how much I, they move around I'm not sure either. Rushes. I just remember watching a lot of the highlights against the Niners, and I remember mostly seeing him work against the left tackle and then their rookie work against McGlinchey. 
and he was having a lot of success against McGlinchey. So that's kind of why I was thinking was like, was Robert Quinn mostly on the left tackle in that game? Um, but I could be wrong. But well, my thing I would, for I would prefer that, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I it might not matter who we're putting up against Newman. Sorry, Newman, but the tape wasn't pretty. The tape does not lie. <laughs> but um, my thing that I think that makes the Bears tough matchup is the fact that their offensive coordinator, like we said, Getze, uh knows the Packers really well and kind of knows what to expect out of them. And I think that could make it a bit of a tough matchup. In addition to, obviously, what you said, I think the biggest thing, obviously, is Justin Fields' mobility is the toughest part of this matchup. But that's, So that's mostly what we think about the Bears being a tough matchup. Um, and I think the next thing we want to talk about kind of is how do we think the Bears will try to exploit the Packers? What right. on the Packers are, do you think the Bears are going to try and look at and attack? Right. So, so this is more about what scheme or strategy we think the Bears might employ to try to take advantage of um, what they see as Packers' weaknesses. And so, yeah, and, and I think the, the biggest week, thing is the whole, talk about. <laughs> the whole right side of the Green Bay O-line, which is kind of like what they did to the Niners. They kind of abused the, the Niners' right side of that right. O-line a little bit. So they went um, after McGlinchey, and they went after that side instead of after Trent Williams. You know, yeah, although apparently I was talking to Gavin, and Trent Williams apparently gave up the most pressures on the day. Ah, so he didn't... He, at least that's what Gavin said. Maybe Gavin did not give me any the, sources, but that's footage. what he told me. Um, so, I, but, so I would look for them to try to li- um, have defensive alignments that take advantage of the perceived weakness of the Packers' right side of their O-line yeah. um, to get pressure on Rodgers. Yeah, I think that that's what they would try to exploit the most. And I think, you know... It's tough because the Bears are not they're not a very good team. They're going to need to have some things break their way. I do think like designed runs to fields would would make a killing against us. I I do think so. I think we would get We play a very aggressive style of defense. I hope And we a mister, can. some misdirection quarterback runs I think would we'd see some Kaepernick-esque runs out there where he's just breaking <laughs> free in the playoffs Oof, for 80 yards. A... That's deep a cut, pleasant memory. Deep, deep, deep buried, deep seated memory. Um, and then, uh, and then, on terms of what the the Bears might try to do to take advantage to exploit the Packers, the Bears' offense is potentially try to put pressure on the Green Bay defensive communication with, I say, crossing routes or thing where they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, force teams the are going to do that. Teams are going to do that until the Packers to pass receivers off properly through the zone. And probably lots Seeing of motion. Last week. Probably lots and of motion, motion do the exact same thing because teams are going to do that until the Packers prove that they're not going to run into it's each a other. League, as exactly. Says. And the Packers were getting murdered by motion last week. Getsy is from Green Bay. They, he does motion in his sleep. They will probably be doing a lot of motion, I would imagine. And I mean, the Packers couldn't handle it last week. They better be ready to handle it this week or they're going to keep seeing it every single week. Um, but I think that's what I would do as well. A lot of motion, a lot of short crossers, a lot of trying to get people like from one zone to another and make the Packers pass them off and make the Packers have good communication rules because they didn't last week and it was really bad. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what we're feeling like the Bears will try to do. Um, but let's kind of flip it around because, you know, the Packers are favored in this game. I think they're 10.5-point favorites the last time I saw, which is quite a bit. Um, but how do we think the Packers are going to try to exploit the Bears? What do you think the Packers are going to try and do to give themselves an advantage? So I, I expect that the Packers will try to apply pressure to fields to rush throws and take advantage of what was expected to be one of the weaker offensive lines in the mm-hmm. league. Though, as you found out, Tevin Jenkins actually graded pretty well. Uh, last Tevin week. Jenkins had a, a pretty think, good game. He's their second uh, second year second round pick from last year. Yeah, and he was a player um, that I I kind of liked coming out as a potential Packer. Yeah, uh, maybe because of the struggles with injury, struggled with struggled back injuries last year. last year. Well, struggled with injury last year. To yeah, be fair, the, yeah, he had he had back problems last year and didn't really play that much. Um, but and he struggled. He he had a lot of injuries over the summer as well during camp. Didn't come back to practice till very late, but I had a pretty nice game one based on PFF grades at least, and and was out there moving. Um, 
He had uh, only one pressure allowed in 81.7 total grade. Um, but, yeah, so we'll, let's see if, if that's because of the weather. He was able to block a little bit better um, using yeah, his strength. I also think the group Maybe. as a whole No, it's not very good. Well. When no. they had, you know, only, what was it, uh, 17? How many, how many passing plays? Two, I think um, it, two sacks out of uh, a small number of passing plays. That's so true. It's a small sample. Very much. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I do agree. The Packers are – I mean, the Packers – if the Packers' D-line is what we think it is, they should have a massive advantage in the trenches when they're on defense. Massive. This is the worst O-line in the league, I think. I know they yeah. played all right week one. On paper, at least, the worst O-line in the league. They should – rip through them if if they're as good as they think as like they think they can be as like a lot of them are talking over the off scene like we think we can be one of the best fronts in the league i know joe barry was saying he thinks this front is special this is the type of game where a, a special front would dominate so there yeah, i'm hoping to see this feels could, like you running know optimistically backwards. optimistically this could be a statement game for the packers d-line yes just just take take over the game have Justin Fields running backwards, looking for um, yeah. a hope, a prayer, <laughs> looking for a prayer, to, and then uh, you know just throwing up for grabs. And you know that, that's that's what I'm hoping. You know, Justin Fields to borrow an old adage from the great Preston Smith when speaking about Russell Wilson, like trying to catch a chicken in a field with no fence. <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> which is what uh, which is what Preston Smith said about Russell Wilson like that was two tough, three years ago in the playoffs where he almost got come back. I mean, there the thing is like you can get back there, but catching him's a whole other problem because that's and that's why yeah. keeping those rush lanes is going to be really important. The D line doesn't like can't just be aggressive; like it needs to be good no, and I disciplined. Think, I think the what whole we need game to do is collapse the pocket, just crush your, the pocket around him. Just, just and not, fold and not it just down like a field. little origami shell, right? Yeah, yeah. They they should they should be able to dominate the Bears O line, but the it the next problem is getting home. Um, yeah. But I think that which was an issue last week. They they were getting some pressures, but they only they couldn't get home. Yeah, and I think that the thing that I was looking at, which we kind of talked about briefly, um, that I think the Packers could try and exploit and honestly are going to have to try and exploit if they want to get things done on offense is they're going to have to find a way to run the ball. And I think specifically there is a decent amount of opportunity there to run the ball at the middle. Uh, like we were saying, their lowest graded players were a linebacker in 2d tackles last week and the Niners ran it pretty well. Um, I think that, you know, that kind of indicates that I know it's only a one game, small sample size uh, that the Packers might be able to have some success running it up the middle, especially with Dylan and Jones. And I know that edge rushers for the Bears are pretty powerful, or pretty, they're probably their better players on defense right now, uh, especially if what Dominique Robinson showed his, his first game is real. Um, it's actually very interesting. I think he's a converted tight end. Um, uh, but uh, like I was saying before I got sidetracked, I think the Packers are going to need to find a way to run up the run. And I think running up the middle might be the way to do that, given how the grading for week one turned out. And the fact that the Packers best O-linemen are in the middle of the line. And by that, I mean, Josh Myers it, and what maybe side, Zach Tom. What side of the middle are you <laughs> talking kinda, about? Kind of Zach Tom. <laughs> I think they're going to need to run left middle. I would say much. middle left. Yeah, I was going to say run to Myers, Tom, and... Nyman. I know Tom, like we all love to say Tom's the savior. He didn't have a great week one. But he it wasn't as bad as it wasn't as bad as egregious pressure. But otherwise I thought and so that you thought he was okay. got a bad grade from PFF and maybe they really penalized him a lot for letting uh I can't remember what who it was, but he got beat on one play in a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Um but I didn't see any other um mistakes by him in the in the my rewatch. Yeah, I think I think they got to use Dylan and Jones more, and I think some of that up the middle, like between the left a gap, right right in the left a gap, is gonna be is gonna be the way to go. Um, but that's kind of how we think that the Packers can exploit the Bears. Did you have anything there's, else in that there's section one more that you wanted thing, to touch on? Uh, I think I'd like to see if the Packers can take advantage of what's expected to be one of the worst secondaries in the league. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Which is interesting to me because they have some decent-ish pieces. Because Jalen yeah, Johnson is not bad. But, you know, most outlets, I think, have them near the bottom of the league. And I'm and, uh, just going to quick look. Uh, PFF preseason, so not including the first game, had them as uh, the 31st. Second to last. I was going to say, who was, but who was 32nd? Was it Houston? I can't remember. Could be. That make, that tracks. It might have been, it might have been Houston. So they're better than Houston. Congratulations, Bears. That's a gold star. But I, I, I don't know. I, I know their secondary is probably not amazing, but Jalen Johnson, um, Jaquan Brisker, their rookie, I think is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, they still got Eddie Jackson over there who, you know, has had a t- rough couple of years. Um but it was really good about three, four years ago, back when he had Amos. Shout out Adrian, Adrian Amos. Amos exactly. Adrian Amos, eternally the most underrated player in the league. And then they have another rookie, Kyler Gordon, who I think has, uh, they have some hope for um, playing corner too. So I think their secondary is definitely very young and inexperienced, and that is definitely something the Packers could take advantage of. But I do think that there is still some talent there. It's yeah, not totally bereft of like any NFL players. Some of those predictions, I, I think can't take as much account for the contributions of first year players. Yeah, uh, it's but, a little up in the air how good But also be. if they're first year players, it's hard to play corner as a first year. It's hard to play safety as a first year. Rodgers should be able to trick them a few times, you would hope. Yes, I, I so that's what I'm looking that's one of the things I'm looking for. Yeah. Um but I guess now let's transition to kind of our our next section final section, a little bit of um, what are we keeping our eyes out for? What do we What do we think people should be looking at and looking for during this game and going into this game? Like, what are some tidbits that we're kind of excited to see, kind of nervous to see, um, but things that we're aware of going into and during this game? So, should I go first? Yeah, sure. So, uh-huh. I had two things. That Age I before to... beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm first either way. <laughs> Okay, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Go ahead. Go ahead, old man. <laughs> um, so one thing I was going to is, will Green Bay take more deep shots this week against the Bears? I mean, they had the last week, they had the one wide open to Watson, and they dropped it. And then there weren't very many. There was the desperation near the end of the half that was picked when he tried, when Rodgers, under pressure, tried to find Cobb. But there weren't that many deep shots. And so some of that will depend on, can the O-line hold up better this time against mm-hmm. the Bears than they did against the Vikings? And I think the Vikings have a better pass rush. Can the receivers please catch the deep shots? <laughs> yes. And so I, I, would, I hope that they will uh, go to that well a little bit more than they did last week. And then the other thing I had is, will they simply give more, have more touches for Jones and Dillon? They have to. That was, what I, that was one of mine as well. Can we, ta- can we talk about that a little bit? I will lose my mind if they lose this game and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon total less than 25 touches. Yeah. I'll lose my brain. They should combined have like 30 a game. 35, 40. Okay. I don't care. They're the two, they're had, two what, best eight? players. Jones eight. only had eight in the eight. first, eight touches in the first game. That is, eight touches yeah. and only 10 opportunities. He only had five targets. What are we doing? Why? Yeah, the it's like, they, it's looking like at, no one like told them. In the games where Adams has missed the last few years, he's had like seven a game. Um, doesn't make or, or, doesn't or, make or receptions. So why did he sense. have so few? See, they yeah. seemed woefully unprepared with any kind of game plan last week that made sense, at least to me. And I know I don't I know as much like, as they do, but why are why are we not? I feel like giving your best players the ball is just such a simple idea. It was, it was like there's a I feel like there's like a couple of almost conflicting things. Like on the one hand, they were like too stubborn and stuck to certain things that weren't necessarily a good fit for the matchup, and on the other hand, they're like trying to show everybody how clever they were. But it's also like I think they do get stuck in some stuff with Lafleur where it's like. They don't. They want the offense to have a rhythm, and I think he's worried that force feeding one player is going to knock it out of a rhythm. I don't know if that's true though, because when they were force feeding Dylan, they were moving the rock. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, and, and I don't think uh, Lafleur follows this kind of like yeah, you know, it's a really old school philosophy that if you can't stop this, I'm just going to keep doing it until you stop it. 
They should. They should be. They should like, run you, it you until gotta prove you can stop yeah. this before I'm gonna stop trying it. Yeah, and I think those are definitely two really important things to keep an eye on. I think that the things that I'm keeping an eye on, and I think we can probably talk on for a little bit, um, is who on earth is gonna play O line this week? Because if Runyon is out, I guess my pick would be. I this is gonna sound controversial, but I'm not sure. It's they're not going to do this. This is what I would do. Nyman, Tom, Myers. Eh, no, wait, wait, sorry. Nyman. Oh God, this is tough. I think personally, Nyman, Hanson. Myers, Newman, Tom. I think is what I would do. Nyman, Hanson, Myers, Newman, Tom. If Runyon so and Elton and Bakhtiari can't all go. all three of those. What so I, I think they you... will do, what I think they will do is Nyman, Tom, Myers, Hanson, Newman again, and pray to God. I think they'll do what they ended the game with. Say like five Hail Marys and just pray. And I don't think they do anything crazy like Nyman, Tom, Myers. If you say Caleb Jones, Caleb Jones, (laughs) Caleb Jones is not playing. Caleb Jones is a hundred percent. (laughs) Unless, unless something horrible happens, knock on wood. I don't think Caleb Jones touches the field. I would be a bit surprised if Caleb Jones was active. He probably won't be. Yeah. But, uh, they're probably going to want three subs. You want to know what's weird. So, so if Buck, wait, wait, but you want to know what's, you want to know what's weird though. Sean Ryan alive. Is Sean Somebody, Ryan, is Sean Ryan okay? Is, is he at a milk carton? Is do we know where he is? Should he not be playing? Like you picked him in the third round, he can't play. He just hasn't been ready, you know. And we saw that in the at least we are here hearing that out of training camp and preseason that he's just not not ready. That's just crazy to maybe, me. That maybe Rashid Walker. I was going to say Rashid Walker at right tackle. He, he maybe might be. I think he's ahead of uh, Ryan right now. After some it's different positions. Training camp. I know. It's I think Walker. But then, a but then, only. then, uh, then you like you know bump. I mean, inside. Walker. Walker would play before Caleb Jones played. I think so. So I think I'm thinking who that I suspect they're going to want to have at least eight. Okay, assuming the five. Active. Assuming the five are the five that play. That played at the end of the last game. That's who is by far the most likely. Who is scenario. the next man up? Well, it's got to be Sean Ryan or Rashid Walker, right? Who's left? Like that's not good. That's actually yeah. effing really bad. So, so it's if if I'm hoping that Jenkins is going to be active, and so everybody's. But I would if, not. I would not hold your breath. Not after like we've already been predicted that they probably wouldn't be. But just think about who's left on the team. They have 11, 11 O linemen on the team now, right? After promoting yeah. Caleb Jones. And three and so are out. Got three are out. And so I think everybody else is going to have to be active so they have three subs. They, yeah, I think that's go true. With just seven. They don't even have that many. So that means Caleb Jones, Rasheed Walker, and Sean that's, Ryan that's are your only three subs. That's very frightening. The O-line depth is – this might be the worst the O-line depth has been. Yeah. So they'll, it's not they'll be, good. They'll be going into that game with um, two second-year starters – a rookie starter and three rookie backups. That's, <laughs> I had not thought about that. That is terrifying. Isn't that insane? Knock on wood. Yeah, that's. I can't and, believe and they one haven't of those signed other starters yet. Is only a third year player who didn't even make the team like his first year. And then no. the other starter, and then Nyman's anchor, only started you're, you're, for your best player. Your at left start, tackle, only started for a year. His right, he's only had one year of starting. And like, but not even a full year, and like, not even like a one and a half years on a roster. Like, yeah. oh man, yeah, that woof. So it's kind of crazy woof. right now. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about how precarious the depth was. But anyway, that's the thing that I'm keeping my eye on. On maybe I'll just close my eyes now because I do not <laughs> want to see that shit. Like, not even a little. Um, the other thing that I'm kind of keeping my eye on out, eye out on, eye on, 
covalent bonds. <laughs> um, <laughs> keeping your ions on. Keeping my ions on. Um, can you tell it's late? Uh, is which receivers will which rece- will any receiver break out? Pretty much. How will Lazard look in his first action if he plays? Knock on wood. Will Watson bounce back? Will Dobbs continue to have? He had a nice week one. Will they give him more opportunities in week two? Will Sammy Watkins stop being a ghost? Will he actually show up to the game? I did not see him out there last week. Um, will Randall have, Cobb get he, more he had chances? A couple catches, but like no real juice afterwards. He only had like very little, very little gain after the catch. Will Amari Rogers exit the doghouse? I don't know if you guys saw, but they asked Aaron Rodgers what Amari has to do or like how what he thought about Amari, and, and all Aaron Rodgers said was. He's returning kicks for us right now. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm like, holy shit. You did not have to roast him that badly. That's that's too much. Like, we did not need to do that. He could have just said, you know, Amari's really trying out. He could have literally given the most most platitudes he's ever given, and it would have been better than what he said. When keeping it real goes wrong, as they say. Pause for a drink of water. Yeah, it was, it was then, really bad. But he had some nice things to say about Watson and Dobbs and said, you know, they're trying out there. So makes you wonder, like, what's going on with Amari? Which it feels like Amari's, like, a really hard worker. It seems like every time they interview him, he's, like, really all about the work. So I I don't really know what's going on with all that. But, I don't know what's going on there either. Yeah, but so what receiver will break out, I guess, is what I'm keeping my eye on. Do you have any feeling on? I think if Lazard plays and is healthy enough to, to – to be close to full. I think he can have a big game. I think yeah. he's going to play a lot of slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the, and even Aaron Rodgers has said, said this, that uh, Lazard is going to be playing a lot of slot. And I think, and I think Cobb will play less. And I think they'll have Dobbs and Watkins, um, Dobbs, Watson and Watkins on the outside. I and, feel like Cobb is Cobb is borderline like third down only at this point in his career. Possibly. I just don't I just don't see what else he's what he's really giving you out there on early downs. And so, and, and so that's one thing I expected. I think that uh Lazard could feast in the in the slot. Some of those uh I hope so. slot fades and other he's he's been successful with those routes in the past. He's a good big slot. But that's kind of what I'm keeping my eye on. But let's kind of wrap it up here. We're going a little long. Um, score predictions, Dad. Uh, you want to go first? So I'm going 27-17 Packers. Nice. Yeah, was, uh, go Pack. <laughs> um, so I, I think the Packers should still win this pretty easily. I'm giving the Bears a little more credit on their offense than I would have otherwise because they managed to score 19 points in the rain last week. Yep. Um, against what's supposed to be a good Niners D, though who had the advantage in all that rain? I have no freaking idea. Um, so that's my prediction. Yeah, uh, I am also taking the Packers in this matchup. I think it would be disastrous if they started 0-2 versus the NFC North, especially against the Bears and Vikings. Um, I got the Packers 35-14. to 14. I think the offense is going to bounce back, hopefully. Um, I think they're going to run the ball well. I think they're going to control the game pretty soundly. It's a primetime game. Yeah, I think the Packers prevail, 35-14. But anyway, well, that's kind of all we had today, huh? I think that covers it. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks, everyone, for giving us a listen here at the Father-Son Packers podcast. Uh, We really appreciate you guys coming over and listening. Like we said, uh, please give us a follow on Twitter at FatherSonPacker and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, father son packers podcast uh you can catch us on pretty much any major podcast streaming platform of choice uh, spotify apple Podcasts, etc um but yeah we will also be doing a uh, post game pod sunday night after the game after sunday night football versus the bears hopefully after a win this time um but until then uh you know catch you next time go pack go go pack go <laughs>